0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. Today, I am doing a solo episode all about calorie counting and macro counting. I feel passionate about this because I was once a calorie counter. I remember very vividly, uh, you know, doing it secretly in front of people that, you know, I didn't want them to know what I was doing and I had so much anxiety if I wasn't able to track my food. I tried to track every single morsel of food that was on my plate or on my bowl or in my uh, glass, like calories, liquid calories, anything. I was super concerned with controlling the macros and what I thought was you know, the best nutrition for me, at least as far as maintaining my eating disorder goes and having a thin body goes, Yeah, it wasn't something I did the entire time I had my eating disorder, but it definitely was something I latched on to. And once I was sucked in, I was sucked in. So if you are currently trying to stop, first of all, thank you for that awareness and for tuning into this podcast episode. I really hope this helps you. Hope it inspires you to potentially uh, move in the right direction of stopping and being more intuitive with your Nutrition and food intake. So before I get started, I wanted to shout out a recent review. Uh, I've been doing this recently because getting these reviews is and ratings is how you can support this podcast and how you can support me on my podcasting journey. It's really, uh, really helps me and supports me. So I really appreciate them. I thank you all so so much for spending the time after listening or before listening clicking the ratings and reviews button and leaving me a rating and a review if you feel so called so today's review i'm going to shout out is from r r and m i think that's how you would say it 17 (laughs) and it's titled love the pot of the smiley face says kate is such a light in the recovery space by showing all aspects of her journey and the little victories and hiccups along the way this podcast is a breath of fresh air, and Kate provides a comforting, warm, and welcoming space for conversation, honesty, and growth. She brings on guests who expand my knowledge and make me think critically about life in and outside of recovery. I can't express how grateful I am for this podcast and the truth spoken by Kate and her guests with another smiley face. Uh, I just need to take a moment to soak that in. That was really, really nice, and... Uh, So many beautiful words that I love are used in this review, like light, victories, hiccups, breath of fresh air, honesty, growth, expand knowledge. Oh my gosh, grateful. This is such a sweet review, so thank you so much. Actually, I really love this idea of being a light in a space that you're in. I just found this fact out. So if we take our cells, you know, we're all made up of cells. If we take one of our cells and make it the size of a baseball diamond, obviously that's not possible, but let's just say theoretically it is. Our cells are as big as a baseball diamond. Our nucleus is the size, compared to the baseball diamond, of the cell wall. The nucleus is the size of a piece of sand on the mound. Like it's the size of a piece of sand. So that's how big the nucleus, that's how small the nucleus is compared to our cell and guess what the rest of the cell is it's bouncing light and energy so we are literally made up of light i just think that's so beautiful <laughs> so thank you for this review okay so i asked you all on instagram at kate noel underscore underscore and at take the cake pod your questions about calorie counting or your concerns and i'm going to address those a little bit later, but first I'm just going to lay out some of my ideas of calorie counting and some ways that I got out of that cycle and that sort of addiction and that sort of control. So yeah, like I said, I was a chronic calorie counter. I remember very specifically one day logging on to MyFitnessPal. There's so many, but I feel like MyFitnessPal for some reason is the one that everyone ends up using, but MyFitnessPal, and I remember it said, congratulations, Kate, you've logged for 475 days today. Like it told me how many days in a row consecutively I'd counted. And I remember seeing that number and I wasn't happy. I wasn't like, wow, that's so cool. I thought to myself, wow, you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? And that was a big turning point for me to stop. I didn't stop after that because it wasn't until my recovery that I really stopped, you know, started to be more aware. But yeah, I mean, I just, I, I knew something was wrong. You know, something is wrong with this, this act and it feels like it's supposed to be the right thing to do. It feels like people who I look up to are doing it or people who are in the fitness space are doing it. People who have the body that I want to have are doing it, but I think we all know there's something about it that's not just not right, you know? Also it takes up so much time and energy, Uh, that's a whole other thing. (laughs) But it is very consuming, all consuming, and going under your calories can be, or macros, can feel like a good thing, you know, if we're in that restrictive mindset and going over them, we can feel just defeated. We can feel this black and white sort of thinking that's really negative. So I want to invite you to reconsider. And so the idea that calories in equals calories out, that idea that that's just sort of our health in general and our nutrition depends on calories in, calories out. So if we consume um, a meal that has 700 calories, we need to somehow burn 800 calories or um, not eat A certain amount to equate to, I think the the number for like a lot of women is 1200 calories, which is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, seriously, that's, that is not enough calories for anyone. And not sometimes 2000 is another one again, not enough calories for a lot of people. So we have to compensate, right? For the amount of calories and calories are as energy. So we just need to have burned more energy than we consume. And that, that has been proven false for years, people. But people are continuing to diet their way into happiness. They're continuing to do that, the calories in, calories out. There are several contributing factors that impact how your body metabolizes food, and I wanna break some of these ideas down for you. So first things first, anytime you are calorie counting, you are actively distrusting your body, your brain, your organs, and therefore, your life, right? You're literally constantly telling your body that it it doesn't need to talk to you. you. You say, stop talking to me because diet culture knows best. Diet culture knows more than your hunger cues. My fitness pal knows more than your hunger cues. Nutrition labels know more than your hunger cues, right? That sounds wrong. It is wrong. How can we trust a food scale or a nutrition label or a calorie counter over our own souls? Doing this act... Of calorie counting, no matter if you do it perfectly, no matter if you think it makes you happy or if it thinks you think it makes you feel in control, it will result in a stressed state of eating, an overconsciousness of portion control and the inability to allow your body to give you very vital cues that you need in order to thrive. We would never scrape up our knees and then say, Either ignore it, right, or we would say, you know, I I can only put on half of a band-aid on this scrape. I'm not going to clean it off. I'm just going to put half a band-aid on. I'm going to put a little bit of nail polish on one part of it. But if the band-aid gets dirty, I'm not going to I'm not going to change it, right? That's a cue. A scrape on our knee is a cue from our body that says this needs our attention, right? Any time we have pain or discomfort in our life, it's our body's way of telling us there's something going on. And, or something good, you know, same, same with good, good things. If something feels good, we want to keep doing that, right? That's how we're wired. So our hunger cues, we cannot listen to our hunger cues. If we are calorie counting, we cannot do that. It's not possible. Those two do not coexist. No matter how many times some fitness influencer is going to try and tell you, I track my calories, but I do it intuitively that is, they're mutually exclusive. They can't happen together. And I guarantee that fitness influencer is counting their calories and putting their bodies in a stressed state. And when we are in a stressed state, we don't assimilate our nutrients. We uh, have diminished digestive function. And a lot of times our food just doesn't get digested and assimilated into our bodies. And so therefore, we don't even consciously know that we're even eating like 100% of our bodies, our brains and our bodies. Don't actually even know that we're eating in the moment. So of course, we're going to be left feeling more hungry, not satisfied, and end up just doing it all over again the next day because we're trying to get control back into our lives, right? So deleting the apps, throwing away the scales, and removing diet culture distractions out of your life will free you up to become intuitive. And I, I wanted to say another sort of personal anecdote. I thought that when I stopped tracking, I would lose control of food. My willpower was not strong enough to handle a quote, unlimited amount of food. I needed to control my food because it was the, one of the only things I felt I had control over. I completely lost trust of my body and my mind. And I attempted to manipulate it every single time I had food. The act of eating is the act of pursuing life on earth, right? When we Engage in eating, really think about this for a moment. When we engage in eating, we are choosing to live this earthly life that we have been given, that we have been blessed with, right? Life is a gift. So when we choose to eat however many times a day that you need to eat or want to eat, you are choosing to pursue life. There are probably tons of other ways that you choose to pursue life, right? Maybe you go to school. Maybe you have a job. Maybe you have hobbies. Maybe you just like certain things. Maybe you play an instrument. There's so many ways that you can pursue life. Eating is one of those ways that you are saying, literally, I am consuming this earth that I came from. I'm consuming plants and animals and whatever else you're consuming, water even, and I'm choosing to live on this earth. It's important to make that distinction because when we are calorie counting, we are not even able to see that it takes the life out of it. There's no nourishment in calorie counting. It's just science and nutrition and, you know, this macho way of thinking of things. Um, and for those of you who are stuck tracking because you're trying to commit to eating enough. And this is not recommended by your treatment team or doctor, or there's something about it that just doesn't feel quite right. Consider stopping and ask yourself, do I really need to continue monitoring and controlling my food? Or can I simply just trust that my body cues are literally here to support me? Right? Our body cues are so powerful. Think about all of the rhythms of life. Think about the seasons, how... This, the earth knows to change the seasons. God knows, or whatever the higher power you believe in, if you believe in one knows how intricate the world is, right? The seasons that change, they, they change every single year. They're changing every single day. They're changing on this amazing clock. Same with our heartbeat, our heart beats, our circadian rhythm. We sleep, we wake up we have rhythms of age throughout our, our life, you know, we grow and we shrink and we do all sorts of, all sorts of different things and get smarter because of our age, right? That's another sort of rhythm of life that we just can't even explain because it's so amazing, but we don't question these things because they just seem so natural and a, you know, a part of nature. But for some reason, when it comes to trusting our bodies and trusting our hunger cues, we can't, right? We, we, we don't trust it. We don't trust our life is a part of this amazing system. We think we're separate because diet culture has made us think that we are innately bad and that we have to do something about it, right? We have to control our bodies. We have to control our food. Food is marketed as sinful and guilt, you know, guilt-free or guilty pleasure, whatever it is. And all that stuff is such bullshit. It literally just, perpetuates the idea that we cannot trust and live in our bodies and just listen to our hunger cues. And I know what you're thinking. It sounds, it sounds great to listen to your, my hunger cues, but maybe you're like, I can't stop. You know, I can't stop tracking. How do I stop tracking? It feels like an addiction or it feels like something I have to do, or I have anxiety if I don't. And, uh, I'll explain more when I get later into the podcast, when I answer some of your questions, But it really does start with deleting the app and uh, doing little things that uh, impact you in in a good way. I'll explain more a little down the line. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But, you know, of course, there are important macro and micronutrients to be aware of, of course. And the science and the numbers, they matter in places like the doctor's office. Sometimes they don't matter, obviously. We don't need to be weighed anymore, and we don't need to be told our weight has anything to do with health. If you are generally a healthy person, this is – I'm talking more so macro macro and micronutrients. For some uh, people who have conditions, underlying health conditions, it can be good to be aware of nutritional therapies that can help. But if you are a general healthy person, you know, generally healthy – Um, with clearance from like your labs and you don't have any deficiencies, I believe that all of our bodies can and will give us the cues that we need to pick the right foods and the right proportions of foods to be healthy and satisfied. I believe in you. I, I believe in your body and your mind. Obviously, there has to be some digging sometimes and some healing that has to happen in order for us to get there. But I believe that at the end of the day, that is possible for you. And I, you know, to be honest, I eat more than some of my friends. I eat less than some of my friends some days. Let's let go of that comparison trap and realize there is an exact diet and food system and food belief that works for you and you only. There is no food ideology that you have to take on. There is no food ideology that you have to take on. It's all inside of you. All the information is there. It just needs room to thrive in space to get back into its natural appetite regulation, metabolism, and hunger cues. So, Someone else's food ideology is like their religion. A lot of times it can be. It can get there because people are so uh, gung-ho that nutrition is the key to solving the world's problems. And in reality, I think we all just need to tune inward and really ask ourselves what we need and get back into ourselves. So some of my tips I have as far as stopping is to delete the apps, delete the scales, Uh, stop watching your weight at the doctor's office, stop weighing yourself for sure. Stop watching the What I Eat in a Days, stop reading the diet books, stop listening to diet podcasts and a lot of wellness podcasts that aren't really real wellness. Take a deep breath. This is a time of excitement and enjoyment. You can do this. This is... internal work. This isn't really external work. It doesn't really matter about the foods we're eating here. This is internal work. So this is a time of rediscovery and to find yourself again. Right? So this is exciting. I know it can feel daunting and scary, but try and think of it as a time of self-discovery. There's nothing bad that happens from self-discovery. Self-discovery is always a good idea. Okay. So I made an Instagram post before I decided to do this podcast. And I mentioned four ideas that are things that we can do instead of tracking our calories and macros. So those things are pleasure, stress, food quality, and nourishment. There's many other things, but these are some things that I feel are pretty accessible for people to at least consider if they're if you are on the journey to stopping um, counting. So pleasure. Pleasure is a key component of hunger and in life. We are thrown into thinking that we don't deserve pleasure. There's a million things that tell us this, like no pain, no gain, or like I said, guilty pleasure, or sinful food. When in actuality, it is our birthright to experience as much pleasure as possible here on earth. That's what we do. We seek pleasure and avoid pain. That is the essence of being alive, right? There's obviously a balance between being mindful of how much pleasure and indulgence you give yourself But as a collective, I believe that we are not giving ourselves the space to experience pleasure. When you choose to track your foods, you are typically not choosing pleasure, right? You're typically choosing something that you think you have to do. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, but I can choose the food that would give me pleasure. But there's a part of your brain that intuitively needs to seek a very specific type of pleasure. And when you are, like I said, when you are tracking your calories, you're putting your body in a stress state and you cannot access that pleasure chemical because you're too consumed with making sure you're eating the right pleasurable food. It's not a full freedom. You know what I mean? And we are literally designed, like I said, to avoid pain and seek pleasure. One of the easiest, most successful places to access pleasure in our daily life is with food, right? It's a gift. It's, it's exciting to eat every time we get a chance to eat when our brains and our bodies tell us, I want chocolate, right? We've all been there probably. <laughs> I want chocolate. It's not only telling you, I want the antioxidants, the biochemical compounds of chocolate, the nourishing fats in chocolate. It's also telling you it wants the experience of eating chocolate right? It wants the, the, the moment where you take the first bite of that chocolate and it melts in your mouth and you sit there for a moment, take a deep breath and you smile. It wants that too, right? When we don't allow ourselves the pleasure of this chocolate, a few things could happen. You know, we end up choosing the quote, like diet version or not eating it at all. And in doing this, we do not give our brains and our bodies what they want. It's, it's just going to scream even louder. I want chocolate until it gets it. And this might happen so many times that we get into a cycle for years. And that's when the binging happens. That's when you start binging on chocolate. And this is just an example, chocolate a few times a week, you develop a fear of yourself because you keep binging and now chocolate and pleasure become the enemy. But when you you know choose to give yourself the chocolate in the moment, and just give yourself a chocolate without tracking it, without worrying, with just listening to your body, you are satisfying that chocolate craving in that moment, and that craving will stop screaming. This can take a while, but it happens over time, and tracking your chocolate is only going to leave you with that sort of like halfway satisfied feeling, or it's just going to leave you not able to access that pleasure biochemical response that we need that is a part of the food journey, right? The food is meant to be pleasurable. We're meant to, it's meant to taste good. We're never, we're not going to make ourselves eat just broccoli all day, every day. Obviously some people do that, but I don't think those people are very happy and it makes sense because why would you want to do that? You know? So I hope that made sense to you as far as pleasure goes and a way that you can reframe thinking instead of tracking calories say I'm going to ask myself is this food really pleasurable for me and sometimes yeah we eat foods that aren't as pleasurable as eating the chocolate cake sometimes our bodies tell us they want vegetables or sometimes we tell ourselves I haven't had a vegetable in a while I know that it would feel good in my body to have a vegetable you know have some some roasted root veggies or some potatoes or some salad whatever it is but cravings and especially ones that you really like track try to just think of those as a way you know am i accessing my pleasure right now or am i half-assing this whole pleasure thing in my life okay stress is the next one so stress is a chemical state in the body we've all heard of this the fight or flight response the uh sympathetic nervous system um We all know what stress can feel like. It can feel like pain. It can feel like bloating. It can feel like a headache. It can feel uncomfortable. And it is uncomfortable. So instead of eating on the go, in the car, uh, really fast, instead of eating in a state of stress, and a lot of people with a history of disordered eating are tracking their calories, food stresses them out because they think of it as numbers and macros instead of as nourishment and as earthly gifts. You know, we think of it as uh, scary in a way, like we can't have too much, we can't have too little, or our bodies are going to betray us. That's how we think of it. So the automatically, if you're tracking your calories, you're in a stress state, like I said. So another thing that we can do besides tracking, ask ourselves, am I in a stress state right now before I'm eating or am I relaxed? And how can I make my body more relaxed? Can I take a few deep breaths? Can I say a little prayer? Can I say a little grateful, gratefulness? What am I grateful for today? Just a couple things. How can you de-stress your body? Can I turn the TV off? Can I just connect with me and my food? Can I connect with the person I'm eating with? Really think about the, just mindful eating, honestly, like thinking about the food you're eating and truly assimilating that food. When we, um, when we, like, I'm just gonna keep using chocolate, right, as an example, because that's a good one. When we see a chocolate bar sometimes we salivate that is our digestive response already happening but sometimes in a stress state of eating we don't even we don't even recognize that we're eating have you ever eaten something in a hurry or in a stress state of mind and then after you eat it you're almost like did I even eat that you know was that even a thing that happened that's something that happens a lot so when we are in a stress state we don't give ourselves the um time to eat, therefore, um, and mindfulness to eat, therefore, we don't even assimilate the food and the energy and we end up eating more or we end up not being satisfied. So that's another question you can ask yourself. Another one is food quality. So sometimes I want to encourage this a little bit later in recovery, if you're in recovery, but having the desire to choose a quality, like intentional version of a food that you're eating can be a really beautiful choice. This is not always accessible, but when it is for you, you can try it out or you can prepare things homemade. So food quality can be anything that's made with a little bit more intention. So maybe going to the farmer's market or going to the co-op or going to a local business and buying food from there, buying bread or vegetables or fruits or honey from your farmers instead of from, you know, the supermarket chain that's something that you can consider. Or um, you know, choosing foods that are organic, choosing foods that are homemade, choosing foods that they pay farmers and factory workers and, and, and the people involved in bringing that food to your plate fair wages. Those are other ways you can uh, be mindful of food choices and food quality. So instead of choosing the food that's uh, lowest in calories are highest in protein, lowest in carbs. That's like a thing that's so annoying to me. Instead of doing that, choosing the foods that are intentional, that represent something greater, choosing the local coffee shop that makes their items homemade, that has some program that helps, you know, feed the homeless. I have a local coffee shop that has a, a. I think it's called a community fridge and you can just go in and you can uh, take food if you need food or you can bring food for people to have if they need food. And it's just like a beautiful thing. And doing that over getting the Starbucks can be a choice I make. And instead of tracking my calories and my macros, I can choose some sort of food quality that I resonate with uh, and resonates with me and makes me feel good. Like I said, this is not always something you need to focus on especially if it trips you up thinking about like organic versus not organic because you, you don't have to do this 100% of the time. This is just something that if you're in a in the mindset where you have that space and that freedom to consider that, try that out. Um, or like I said, preparing things homemade is an amazing thing. I've been making my own bread for a while now and a lot of my own like desserts. And it's so nice to not – even have the ability to track those calories or macros. I wouldn't do that anyways. I'm way beyond this. But you know what I mean? It's nice to have homemade food because you're like, okay, this is just homemade. I mean, I could never understand exactly how many, like what the nutritional profile is of this piece of bread. Okay, the last one is nourishment. So we think of nourishment as this idea that... Uh, we think of nourishment as nutrition, as how many grams of fat, how many grams of protein, how many macronutrients, how much selenium, how much vitamin A, whatever. We think of nourishment in these, this like numerical, sciencey way, <laughs> science-y. And it's just not just that. And nourishment is not just the foods you eat. Nourishment is mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, cultural. There are so many ways you can nourish yourself. So with food, you can tie that into all those categories. For example, mental nourishment when it comes to foods. We all know how to nourish ourselves mentally outside of food. Things like meditation, things like relaxing, things that make you feel mentally good. But when it comes to food, what foods nourish you mentally? So this can be an experimental time for you which is always exciting. Like I said, self-discovery is fun. What foods nourish me mentally? And then same with emotionally. What foods nourish me emotionally? What foods always bring a smile to my face? What foods uh, nourish me spiritually? What foods nourish me physically? What foods nourish me culturally? Those are other ways you can think of nourishment. And instead of tracking the numbers, you can think How is this affecting me mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and culturally? Am I, am I, you know, what areas am I tapping into with this food? A lot lot of times it's all of them. Sometimes it's one, you know? So those are my thoughts on calorie counting. I have a lot more thoughts to be honest, but I don't want this podcast to be five hours long. So I'm actually going to move to the questions that y'all asked me if you want to get in on the next one, I, uh, I'm going to start posting them on my Instagram at take the cake pod. So that's the Instagram I'm going to start asking probably pretty soon. So give it a follow if you would like, I wasn't able to answer all these questions that you asked me. There were tons of amazing questions, but I try to kind of like I do normally kind of put them into streamline them into more of one question. So if you don't hear your exact question answered, just think of um, some other questions that you could resonate with. And that might answer your initial question, if that makes sense. So somebody asked, what if I never crave protein, but no, I need it. And this can be for any of the macronutrients, carbs, fats, and even like micronutrients, I would say fiber, stuff like that. So I don't actually really have the answer to this. If you don't crave protein, but you know you need it, that's a good thing, right? We don't always have to crave foods in order to consume them. And that can be frustrating to not really want to eat a type of food, but know that you need it. But if you do know that you need it, have it, right? Because there's a part of you that understands I need protein. A lot of times we don't need protein, like ask yourself, do I think I need more protein uh, because of diet culture or is it because I know it in my body? So if you feel it in your body and mind, like I know I need protein, um, you can consider that a craving. You know what I mean? But if you are very confused about, am I listening to diet culture or am I listening to myself? I think that's where a dietitian or some sort of professional can really help you. In understanding uh those differences. And I, you know, if you can't see a dietitian or a professional, just know that instead of tracking your protein, try just adding it in, you know, a little here and there with every meal. This can be meat, hummus, beans, nuts, seeds. There's lots of things that have protein. Um, I would just say instead of if you especially if you're in recovery, instead of focusing on I know I need protein, fats, carbs, this. If you don't have a meal plan, try focus more on meal consistency and like planning your meals out uh, so that your body gets used to eating on a regular basis and will begin to give you those cues after a while. Like when I first started my recovery, I really didn't have any hunger cues. Um, I didn't really understand how can I eat when I'm not hungry. Like it just felt so wrong. But over time, as I ate breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack, around the same time every day, and, you know, chose those balanced sort of meals. Like, if I have oatmeal, I'm going to add some nuts to it, some healthy fats, and I'm going to add uh, a little bit of milk to it. There, There's some proteins and fats, you know, some fruit, some fiber there, there too. So it's just about more so about consistency, meal consistency and planning out your meals. I would say more so not planning them out. Like I have to have this and this, this, but just knowing that, okay, from 12 o'clock to one o'clock, I'm going to eat lunch every single day and trying to make that a focus instead of having the right macronutrient proportions. hope that made sense. Someone said, will I be able to forget or let go of the numbers? Yes. I cannot tell you the number of calories in ranch or rice or anything anymore. And I realized that some foods, particularly fats, like I know those are more calorically dense than proteins and carbs, but having that mindset of I am going to satisfy my craving now, just like I was talking about earlier, is a really good way to reframe. Decadent foods are obviously more calorically dense but your body is designed to work efficiently. You need to honor your biological cravings in the moment is so much of a healthier mindset, in my opinion. Um, I think I'm getting off track here with the question of forgetting the numbers. Yes, you will be able to forget the numbers. And for the numbers you don't forget, or the numbers you're like, I, I know about how many calories this is. You will let go of those. Throughout your trust in the process, trust in your recovery, keep going. I, I guarantee the calories won't mean, they won't mean a single thing to you. They do not matter to me. I can't believe how much they used to matter to me. So yes, I believe that you will forget or let go. Somebody asked, is it okay to eat a lot of calories and not move at all on a single day? yes. Our eating patterns depend on the seasons that we're in, winter, summer, fall, spring, age we are, stress and trauma. It can be a trauma in our lives as a whole, like our trauma that we have from childhood or from another time of our life. It can be daily stress or chronic stress, our gut microbiomes, hormonal profiles, genetics, environment, dietary deficiencies, how much sleep we got. There's so many things which is why it is absolutely always inappropriate to comment on somebody else's, what you think somebody else should be doing as far as how they should be moving their body or how much they should be eating because you have zero, how we, I can't even think of, you know, all the things for myself. How can I project on other people? It's just not a good thing to do. So what we eat and how much we eat are how we are designed to optimally metabolize and function in our world. So you know, these types of days are really nice to have. It's nice to engage in self-care and do some internal work and meditation because that is not selfish. That is tuning in and being a better person and listening to your body and therefore being a better person in our world and being able to listen better in our world because people do not listen, right? People are asleep, or they just wanna talk about themselves. So being okay with just having a day where you can be more internal and do some more like internal work and just be you is a really beautiful gift to the world and to yourself. And those are days I have all the time. Sometimes I don't even like respond to texts and you know that's just something I have to do. I have to set those boundaries and it's, it feels really good. And then I'm refreshed and I'm able to be a better person the next day. Okay. Somebody said, what about tracking to gain weight? So I got a lot of questions about tracking in recovery to make sure they're eating enough or to weight restore. So my opinion, if you are told by a medical professional that it's necessary for you, then go for it, right? Do that. But in treatment model, you are actually given a meal plan to help you focus on getting a balanced meal rather than specific calories, right? So this is something I would recommend getting help for. I was never told throughout my therapy, throughout my treatment, that I should be tracking my calories. And, you know, if you really feel like you need to track your calories, I would just like see if you can just have somebody help you. Um, Also, there's an app, I think it's called Rise Up Recovery or Rise Up that is a uh, food diary, but it's not a food diary where you see the calories. It's more of a... Uh, to help you if you're like in in therapy, just to help you make sure you're eating enough and getting a balanced meal and snacks. Um, Yeah, I think it's tricky. This is a tricky one depending on what you're trying to do, like what your main goal is. So I'm really sorry if I'm not answering this question very well, but I, I would say most of the time I don't think that's necessary unless you're really feeling like you're not getting enough calories. And in that case, I would say invest in seeing a professional rather than investing all that time and energies, tracking your own calories. I think deep down, even seeing those numbers can be hard for us. Right. And I don't think it's necessarily a good idea. So I was there. I've been there, done that, but that's just my opinion now. Okay. Okay. Someone said, I feel like I have to eat, quote, balanced in terms of macros to be healthy. Is this wrong? I want to start by saying, this is what we are told to do, right? This is not your fault. This is a very diet culture, science and numbers ways of thinking about food and nutrition. And we really, like I said, we need to access the mental and emotional flowing energy inside of us that science is really missing in order to get those balanced meals that we are seeking. We do not need we do not need science to eat. I'm I'm just saying that we do not need it to eat. There are people, we have been eating forever. And there are people who are able to do this without, without diet culture. There are people who are fit and healthy, right? And I, I mean, of course there are, <laughs> but I just feel like we, ha- we feel like we have to engage in diet culture in order to be fit and healthy. And we don't. So of course, you know, examining your plate and being sure you have a variety of foods, plants, nuts, seeds, proteins, fats, and carbs is a good idea. But living like plate by plate by plate or bowl by bowl by bowl, whatever is not normal. Sometimes I have bread and cheese for a meal, grilled cheese. (laughs) I'm like, that's grilled cheese. And maybe I'll have some carrots on the side most of the time. But if I just want the grilled cheese, that's okay too. You know what I mean? So you don't have to eat, quote, balanced um, every single meal, especially if it's a meal that's like spontaneous. And if you're out to eat, like I said, focusing more on nourishing your mind, body, spirit, cultural background, uh, connecting with other people. Those are all really, really good things you can do instead of just focusing on, am I eating balanced in terms of carbs, fats, proteins, fiber. Um, But yeah, I think it's a, it's a nice dance. It's a nice balance between being mindful about getting a variety of foods um, and also being okay with accessing the other parts of food, like pleasure that we need just as much as the balanced macros, if that makes sense. Somebody said, what was the first steps? What were the first steps in letting go of tracking? Here are some quick things that helped me besides deleting the apps and stopping the, you know, getting getting rid of the scales. So getting those seconds, eating seconds was huge for me. And I, I eat seconds every single day (laughs) with one of my, at least one of my meals. Um, maybe not every single day, but I, but a lot of times I do. Uh, eating when I wasn't hungry, but I know I needed a meal. That's a good one. Like I said, having that, that meal timing, that planning of the meal, being okay with my meal plan was another one surrendering to my meal plan. When I had my meal plan, when I was in treatment, oh my gosh, I looked at that meal plan. I was like, this is so much food. How can anyone eat this much food and be healthy? I I just didn't even, I, I had to just surrender and be like, I am a child with my eating disorder. I'm literally a child. I, I complain like a child, I think like a child, I think I know best like a child would, I clearly do not know best in the situation, so I had to just surrender to my meal plan, so that's one that if you have a meal plan, just being okay with it, it's hard, but just know that your eating disorder is is uh, is not smarter than your meal plan, okay, so don't let that happen if you can Um So that's my, those are some things that I would say my first steps are just choosing recovery every single day, choosing to not track. The more you do it, the more normalized it gets for you. And the more abnormal tracking becomes, like I'm like, I cannot believe I just did that for wasting my time and energy in doing that. So just keep it up. I would say time and consistency. Somebody asked, if two products taste the same, but one is calorically less, why not choose the one with less calories? So this makes sense. And I would say this is kind of like a diet culture brain mentality. So if one food is lower calories than the next, or if it's low fat, or if it's low whatever, there is a reason for it. Like whole versus skim milk, or a protein bar versus a granola bar. There's always a reason why, I can't even think of anything that tastes. I guess like a protein bar versus a granola bar. Okay, you know what? I'll do I'll do whole versus skim milk, even though I don't think they taste the same. Uh, there's a reason that skim milk is less calories, and that's because the fat has been stripped of it. Typically, sugar is added, or it's just more watery. And a lot of times, when we are stuck in diet culture, we start to trust in the numbers more than listening to our taste buds. So not only do food start to taste the same, like I used to think that Quest Bars tasted good. I don't know if you've ever actually tasted a Quest Bar, but it is literally disgusting. It is so, so gross. I would rather not eat it than eat it. It tastes terrible and it leaves this like gross film in my mouth. Whole milk versus skim milk, let's go back to that. So if we... uh are like If our bodies are like, I want milk or I, I need milk, you know, you have a craving for milk, or whatever, that means that you have a craving for the whole food, like the, the milk, like the whole milk. That is the only thing. That's the only food versus the skim milk, like the skim milk and the 2%, they won't necessarily give you that full satisfaction because there are certain things like Fats and fatty acids and biochemical nutrients and, um, all this stuff, you know, that skim milk or 2% milk doesn't have. It's being stripped of those things. And so if, let's say we have a glass of skim milk and a glass of whole milk. I can drink the skim milk. And like I said, I can not be fully satisfied when compared to, uh, drinking the glass of whole milk. After I drink the glass of whole milk, I feel satisfied, I feel happy, I feel content. That's because my body wanted something and I actively gave it the full experience of what it wanted. Whereas if I drink the skim milk, I'm left feeling just as hungry. I don't necessarily register, oh, I just drank a glass of milk because it's kind of like I'm halfway in, halfway out. So maybe I'll have another glass of milk later in the day a skim milk, and it still won't satisfy me, right? So I really think it's about choosing the food that is really what you want to to give your body what it needs and what it wants. That way you can develop that trust in yourself and you won't necessarily binge later in the day. Um, Also, the process of digesting our foods, the process of seeing and smelling our food, like I said, saliva starts, you know, if you see something delicious you start salivating. That's the process of digestion. It is just as important for us to the process of digesting our food, chewing our food, swallowing our food, it going down our esophagus, it going into our stomachs, it turning into our stomachs. That is all, all of that is very important as far as like assimilating nutrients goes. And a lot of times we can confuse our bodies with diet foods, like with artificial sweeteners, for example. When we consume artificial sweeteners, our bodies think that we are eating sugar it's confu- you're confusing your body it thinks it's eating sugar and it doesn't actually get the sugar so it ends up craving more sugar does that make sense like you know what it feels like to have a diet soda versus a regular soda we aren't as satisfied with diet soda and then we have five more diet sodas you know so I think it's more so just about trusting in the moment I am going to feed my body what it wants now. And fully enjoy the eating experience and take it for what it is instead of trying to be like a biohacker or a life hacker when it comes to food, which is like such a fundamental thing in our lives. That was a very long winded answer, but we're back. I hope that made sense. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see. Somebody said how to tell if you're meeting micronutrient needs like fiber, if you have a complaint, like if you feel tired, if you feel whatever, if there's something about you that you feel like is missing in your life, like specifically like a micronutrient, if you feel tired, if you feel drowsy, if you feel like you have headaches, see your doctor, get a physical, see your doctor, get some labs done. Your doctor will rule out certain things, right? But in general, if you have like a blood, pa- blood work panel done and you feel fine, then then you're fine. You know, it's, it's really that simple, but if you have, you know, digestive complaints or other complaints, you can totally experiment. You know, if you feel you need more fiber, you can experiment, but don't take anything to Bible, you know, don't take anything to this. Uh, I have to do this this way. You know, if you feel like you need more fiber, maybe have a little chia seeds, chia seed in your oats or have a little psyllium husk and see how you feel. And give it a week. And if you don't feel better, then, okay, you experimented and that was an experiment for you and take it for what it is. But if you feel in general, you're meeting your mic, like if you don't feel like you have something wrong with you, if you're eating a generally a balanced diet and you're being mindful, then most of the time you're probably okay. Um, But like I said, going to your doctor, just getting a physical and really uh, ruling out Obvious nutritional deficiencies is important. Other than that, like you, you are intuitive enough that if you feel you need more of something, give it a shot. But just don't take it to the point where you're going past the point of experimenting and you're going to the point of, oh my gosh, if I don't get this chia season today, I'm going to lose it. I'm not going to be healthy, blah, blah, blah. That black and white thinking, that spiral thinking is not good when it comes to just like experimenting with your body. Somebody said how to deal with feeling a lack of control. This is what you're meant to do. You're meant to deal with this lack of control. This can be a whole podcast on its own. But if you feel uncomfortable with not tracking because you feel that you need to control, take that as a gift. Like truly take that as a gift because there is something going on inside of you that needs your attention. And tracking your calories is only distracting you from something internal that really needs to be healed. And the only way that you can do that is by being curious about what's going on. What, what in your life do you feel you need to control? If it's your body shape and size, if it's really that simple, which a lot of times it's not, but sometimes it is, or maybe sometimes you don't really know what you're trying to control, but that's the only thing that makes sense to you. I've been there. Ask yourself, why do I feel like I need to conform to the world? Why don't I feel good enough as who I am? Those are the deeper questions that we need to do. And calorie counting is just getting us further away from that internal work that we need to do. So if you feel so anxious or so scared and you feel a lack of control, Take a couple deep breaths and just try journaling about how you feel. Really, you know, write a letter to yourself. Think of the things in your life that are kind of in turmoil, if there's something. And think about what areas do I wish I had kind of in control that I don't have that have nothing to do with food. You know, and and really do that deeper work. For me, it was a lot of family stuff. And it was... More so, my upbringing and this upbringing I had—not not to not my parents. My parents were amazing. I'm, I'm talking about more like I grew up in a gymnastics and cheerleading, you know, world where I was very hyper focused on my appearance and my weight and size, and performance. And that was something I really needed to like deal with as an adult. You know, that those feelings. Like I have dreams about me not being good enough still as a cheerleader, and I'm a 26 year old woman. I don't really need those fears anymore so i think this is something that really like therapy or just like the deeper internal work will really help you with i'm sorry that's not a good answer All right, that's that is a good answer if i do say so myself that's not a instant gratification answer but eating disorders are instant gratification calorie counting is instant gratification that is negatively impacting us it's a bad habit bad habits i've mentioned this in my recent podcast bad habits are things that give us instant gratification and results now but in the long term are bad for us whereas good habits are things that are difficult now but in the long term they give us um goodness and they're good for us so i hope that helped (laughs) Somebody said, I'm surrounded by macros and calories. Talk because I work in a gym. Tips on how to protect from it. That's really tricky. I would say talking to your uh, coworkers or, you know, if you can, if it's not your coworkers, if it's like your clients and stuff, um, this is tricky, right? But I don't want to say this. The, the answer I have to this is you can be an inspiration to people. You can be a light in the gym that can help other people just understanding that these people honestly just don't know. I don't want to say they don't know as much as you, but they they're on a different journey than you and you are not in their bodies, in their minds. And so that's really hard, but you can try and be the person who's like, let's talk about how you feel when you eat this. Let's talk about how you feel in your body. Instead of like, how the numbers and being numbers focused yeah or like how does it feel when you eat uh ice cream versus vegetables I don't know there's just other things you can ask people and like a different way of reframing it and maybe you can be that person that inspires other people just by living your life you know just by living and being free people are so inspired around food freedom like if you see someone with food freedom it's so inspiring so um Let's see, somebody said how to find healthier coping mechanisms because this is the reason why I do this. It's when I feel anxiety. Goodness, there are so many coping mechanisms that are available and it's just about experimenting and finding what works for you. Like I mentioned in my, uh, the person who asked about feeling a lack of control, uh, journaling and just being curious about what's going on can really help meditating, just sitting with your feelings, which sucks. It sucks to feel your feelings sometimes, but our feelings are truly divine messengers. They're truly gifts to us, and it's hard to see them as gifts, but they are a way for us to access a part of us that needs our attention. Um, So experimenting with different things like meditation, journaling, taking a walk, taking a bath, taking a shower, getting a massage you know, having something that you do that gets you away from the external world and more internal. And if it doesn't work for you, if you're like, I don't like meditating, it doesn't work for me, try it for a week. And if it doesn't work, then you can do something else. Just experimenting. A lot of people ask me questions about feeling out of control. Like if I stop doing, if I stop tracking, I'll have a dessert that's 4,000 calories, something like that. Um, I was totally afraid of this. I was totally afraid of this for so, so, so long. And let me just tell you that the process of recovery is the process of re like truly reframing your mind and your life and thinking of food in a different way and thinking of your life in a different way and valuing your life. I'm 100% sure if you give yourself that freedom to truly listen to your body. Yes, you might binge at first. Yes, you might relapse. Yes, you might feel bad at first. But over time, retraining your body how to eat will um, be good. And you will eat balanced and healthy for your body. And it's not going to look like anyone else's. And it's not going to look like having 4,000 calories of dessert every single night. It's not going to look like that. So those were my answers to a lot of the questions I got in my sort of uh, Feelings about tracking. I know this stuff is all kind of meta and it's not very tangible. I mean, I think it is, but I think some of it's a little hard, but just focus on one thing at a time. I know that you can do this. I believe in you. You are meant to be an intuitive eater. You are not meant to be a calorie counter, um, macro counter dieter. That is not how you will be able to live your life fully and experience your life on earth for what it is. Time is, time is time is now. We're here and now. This is the present moment. Literally right now is the present moment. And you can make this change in your life. I believe in you. And I think you are amazing for pursuing recovery. Thank you so, so much for listening to this podcast, for supporting me and my podcast journey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please subscribe if you feel called. And I will see you all in the next episode of Take the Cake. Goodbye.